This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we are talking about the Goonies. It's about freaking time. Yeah, I know. This movie came out in 1985, directed by Dick Donner, written by Steven Spielberg and Chris Columbus, starring Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, Jeff Cohen, uh, I have other people here, I'm off the list here, Corey Feldman, Cary Green, Martha Plimpton... Uh, Jonathan Kequan, other people. I'm done. And Joey <laughs> Pants. Yep, and Agent Johnson. There you go. Yeah, the other one. Um. <laughs> so this was my recommendation. Uh, we, I, mean, I think we all wanted to do this, but we finally, since we did, I think Stranger Things is kind of on top of our minds, so we're finally doing Goonies. Um, I did not see this in the movie theater. I saw this on VHS, like when. Probably it probably in 1985, not too long after it came out on video. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've told the story before, but I didn't want to watch it because I thought it was the Ghoulies. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn suspenders um, coming out of the toilet! <laughs> yeah, yep. I always saw that video uh, cover in the yep. in the store, and my mom said she's got us Goonies, and I was like, "No, I'm not watching this scary th- stuff." And it's not. She told me it wasn't scary, and then when Sloth showed up, I was like, "It's scary," but not really, <laughs> and fell in love with it, and. I think this is one of the ones that we rented so many times that my dad finally just made a copy for us and <laughs> we wore that thing out too. So that's my uh, history. Or the internet. It. Yeah. What are your guys' histories? I liked it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably probably saw it on VHS to begin with. Definitely didn't see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. So... As we do every week, we're going to list our seven items, uh, uh, things that stood out to us the most in this movie, good, bad, or whatever. Whatever stood out to us, we want to talk about. So, my number seven, and this, <laughs> I always uh, liked at the very end, is this movie kind of introduced me to Spanish, I'd have to say, especially with Mouth doing the translations and not really getting exactly what was going on at the beginning, <laughs> which I have to talk about later, but the end with the marble bag and no Peterman. I don't know what the hell she's saying. What's she saying, Alex? <laughs> she said no Peterman. What? No Peterman, which means no sign. Don't sign. Nope. Okay. So Mouth was actually translating correctly there. Well, kind of. The way he got there was stupid, but... <laughs> anyway, I always liked that and the whole marble bag and then Mikey had to have to explain to his dad what the hell's going on. You don't have to move. And then he rips this piece of paper up four times and it turns into confetti as he throws it in the air. Yeah, and uh, and then when uh, when uh, Mouth finally does the translation, he grabs the pin from Troy's dad and just <laughs> rubs, just marks the guy's jacket coat with it. I always love that. So, no pin, no sign. That's my number seven, Alex. My number seven is such a because <laughs> I remember having a lot of these moments where uh, Chunk is fooling around with. Uh, the miniature stature of my Michelangelo's David <laughs> and he fumbles it <laughs> and he brings the dick off of that statue and all the kids are like, Oh, 
oh shit, we gotta cover it up. It's like, no, the dick is upside down. You can't put it up like that. And then the mom comes up and it's like, hey boys, what's up? Oh shit, what? <laughs> yeah. The dialogue uh, there, like, first of all, like, if God made us like that, we'd all be pissing in our faces. <laughs> yeah. And then Chunk goes, looks fine to me. <laughs> Jeez. That's my mom's most favorite piece. And then Mal wouldn't be here if it wasn't. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously, I don't think I got some of these jokes, obviously, the first time I watch it. And later on, when you watch it, like, ah. So, so how the kids are supposed to be 12, 13? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know, but that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say so. They're kind of, they don't even really talk about, I mean, Mikey gets his first kiss, right? So yeah, about that time, I guess. Probably, probably 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 They're old enough to be talking about, you know, making dick jokes and stuff. So, and then Chunk cussing up a storm. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott. What's that? Seven. Oh shit! What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my number seven, and a lot of my list harkens back to me as a kid. Uh, so this is what I think about, e- even though this is not in the movie. The the whole music video that accompanies it, the epic yeah. Cindy Lauper two parter with with all the wrestlers, uh, and they they had all the kids in the movie. Uh, to, to star in the music video um, we kind of reenact like a little Goonies skit thing uh, but it, as a kid I was like almost as good as watching the movie <laughs> and uh, and all the wrestlers too that's, yeah, that's what I said yeah, I mentioned yeah. uh, all the wrestlers you can see all the wrestlers um, it's just as, as a little kid it was amazing <laughs> and it was two parts they yeah, they don't do music videos in two parts, but this was so epic they had to do it, do it in two. So, mm-hmm. uh, my number seven's the the music video with the wrestlers, and then uh, spoilers: Andre the Giant comes out at the end and chases off. Uh, is it Roddy Roddy Piper? Um, Captain Lou. Albino. Yeah. Uh, who? Who's the the Iron what? Sheik? It's an Iron, there's Iron Sheik, but there's who's the guy that's like wearing like the Russian get up? Uh, he's like one of the Bolsheviks. I th- yeah, I think it was one of the Bolsheviks. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Bolsheviks. <laughs> it's like milking a cow or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good. Number seven. Yeah, I didn't see this as a kid because I didn't have cable TV, so I didn't have MTV, which I'm assuming is where you would see this. I didn't see it until I got the DVD. <laughs> I was already out of college and starting my DVD collection. I was like, holy crap, there was a music video? Yeah, that, that's the Cindy Lauper song is stuck in my head, too. I don't know if yeah. anybody mentions that in their list. I uh, have it later on, yeah. Okay, so I won't say anything <laughs> more about it. All right, well, let's talk about it now. I'll go ahead and make that my number six. Okay. <laughs> the music uh, in general okay. and the Cindy Lauper song. Good yeah. enough. The Goonies are good enough, or whatever the hell the title is. But I like the just the instrumental part of it. Mm-hmm. And then the Nintendo game Goodies 2, which is a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's canon. <laughs> the Rescue Mermaid. The Rescue alert. Mermaid, yep. <laughs> and the game is super hard. Yeah. Back to the Cindy Lauper. I do like that how it's kind of, you know, it's source music where they're actually watching the Cindy Lauper video in the movie. And then that's when they make their escape and they tie Brand up with his 
weight his bicep actually whatever the hell that thing he was that ancient this gym equipment that no one uses anymore yeah <laughs> and that music's playing and then on the in the tv but then once they leave the house it just becomes you know soundtrack music and it's pretty awesome and then just the score in general. I didn't actually look to see who did the score. You guys know off the top of your head? I believe it was Robert De Niro and Ed Norton. Oh, God, that's terrible, Scott. Eh. <laughs> yeah, you deserve your own medicine on that one. <laughs> um, I'll look it up later. So, uh, Alex, what's your number six? My number six is Slick Shoes. Only because crazy? I, a, I was... When I was a kid, I was very enamored with uh, all the gadgets that Data was inventing. <laughs> and that was my favorite one because it actually helped out and made the bad guys crack their nuts. <laughs> it was the most <laughs> it was the most helpful of uh, their inventions. So, Slick Shoes! <laughs> so, you know what? I remember watching, when I watched this, so I said it was that movie rental night, and I think uh, my friend... Uh, Rick was over, so me and my brother and him were watching. Rick the it. Dick. Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> when he said "slick shoes," I remember we all started laughing. We thought he he was just gonna slide across the like. We were so young; we didn't know he was trying to like do an oil slick for the bad guys. We thought he was just gonna like s- slide across the log. If that makes any sense? <laughs> watching this as a ten-year-old, he's <laughs> trying to be easy. slick. Yeah. All right, Scott, number six. All right, my number six. Uh, just real quick, the the guy did the score was Dave Grusin. Yeah, I just found that. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so my number six, uh, we kind of already mentioned it, but uh, Mikey and Andy, um, how that's he gets his first kiss as like a a, I guess the term is tween now. Uh, just when you when you're young enough to, or start getting old enough to start being interested in girls. Um, and Goonies, and he he gets to to kiss like the super cute older girl. <laughs> Although they're, they're like, Brad and her are like what? They're like juniors. I would say junior or seniors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was you know playing into the whole fantasy of the everything else going on in the movie, uh, which we'll talk a little, little bit more about later. But uh, like that that resonated with me um, as a kid. Um, you know, now, <laughs> you know, it, it, like I said, a lot of this goes back to me being a kid. Um, now it's just kind of funny, the, the, the situation, how she notices it with, because he has the braces. Um, it's kind of a good gag. Uh, but yeah, that's like, uh, I didn't, I didn't know he was so short. I think he must've been standing in a hole or something. <laughs> yeah. Next time, kiss him with your eyes open. It's a whole different experience. <laughs> Martha Plimpton, the Barb, uh, right. the original Barb, the original uh, Barb. Except she survives. OGB. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. All right, we up to my number five now. Yep. So I'll just say sloth in general. So as as I mentioned, I was gonna be. I thought I was gonna be scared of him, and he's a little bit scary, especially for a little wussy like we growing up. But uh. I grew to love him, and just all his scenes with Chunk are, are the best. And I particularly like the scene where he tears his shirt off at the end. And he's got Superman on underneath, and 
Oh, we're in deep shit now, Francis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just the whole relationship, especially with him and Chunk, and <laughs> the, the first time he meets him, and <laughs> he throws the candy bar at his head. And he goes, ah! And Chunk <laughs> just starts screaming. And he rips out of his chains. Oh, gee, mister, you're even hungrier than I am. Uh, he starts licking them, and it's, everything was sloth. And then just a little bit of when you think his mom's going to persuade him, and he does the rockabye baby and dropping him, he gets yeah. flashbacks Fall. and all that. <laughs> yeah. So sad. So yeah. sloth as a character and his relationship with the boys, and especially Chuck, is my number five. Alex. My number five is the Fertelli boys are always fighting. Mostly now because I can see my two sons becoming that <laughs> that competitive and fighting against each other. Because I have to pull them apart every once in a while nowadays. <laughs> so they're always at each other's throat no matter what. It's always it's always comical, both of the uh, Joey Pants and uh, Agent Johnson bouncing off each other and stuff. It's always funny watching those guys go at it. I don't have the handle. Let go of the lock. <laughs> Mom! <laughs> you want your pepperoni? I got your pepperoni right here. <laughs> he pulls a gun he on him immediately. His... Yeah. yeah. You always take his side, Mom. That's right! <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> All right. Scott, number five. Okay. Uh, my number five is uh, jumping to the end of the movie. When they're they're all back in the beach, um, and you actually see the the ship, like out in the distance, uh, setting oh, sail. Such a cool, such a cool shot. Yeah, it's a very cool shot. A uh, very cool way to finish up the whole pirate theme. Uh, that that this thing is so. You know, Mikey's basically released One Eyed Willie. Uh, hey oh yeah. <laughs> Well, after he kissed Andy. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're looking at this whole wrong. This whole movie is just a big metaphor for uh, Mikey's sexual awakening. Um, yeah. Anyway, the the ship sailing off in the background is super cool. Uh, the ship in and of itself is rad, uh, but to get to see it sail off, and they that's kind of their proof, too, that, you know, that, that they are telling the truth, even though they they do show up with the gems in the end. Some of them, anyways. But and the holograms too. <laughs> that would be outrageous. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I always thought, like, why doesn't someone just get a sailboat or a motorboat and just go over there and uh, get the rest to- of the gold? Yeah, tow the ship back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what Troy, because Troy has a yacht. His dad has a yacht, so they're going to become even richer. It's a metaphor about how the one percent just gets richer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So a story about on the DVD, I think we talk about how that ship, that's a full-size ship. They built it. It was like one of the largest sets ever created at that time. It maybe still is. Like it took up, it wasn't actually sailing, but the one that was in the studio with all the, with the kids on it and everything. Yeah. And uh, they tried to find a home for it and nobody wanted it because I guess Goonies really wasn't out yet. Like, you know how movies work. Like, they're done filming it. They got a clear room in the studio for the next project. Stuff hasn't even been released. And they couldn't find a home for it. So it was, like, totally demolished. Yeah. Oh, it's too sucks. bad. That was a great set piece. 
Yeah, yeah. it would have been a great ride at a theme park or something. <laughs> yeah. And I guess uh, Donner does have, like, the model, though. He has, like, a 1 16th scale model on his like, in his office or something, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, my turn now. We're on four? Yeah. All right. The, the slide. The big... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Water slide portion to get to the pirate ship. Oh man, that was so cool! I remember, like, I want to go on that. I don't think I had even been on a water slide at that point, so that might have been my first introduction. Like, I didn't go to Raging Waters and, uh, sorry, Waterloo until I was much older. Wild rivers, <laughs> wild rivers, R.I.P. Um, see, I just thought it was so cool, and I just like how some people are acting like they've been there before, while other people are doing flips and stuff. And then yeah. I always want to be the guy. I I forgot who it is who falls out of the top hole. Oh, that's right. right. You know yeah, in. yeah. I forgot that they they come out different. Yeah, yeah, somehow. Yeah, which doesn't really make sense, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then a uh, another behind the scenes on that. Uh, I forgot whether it's so. Then the commentary is awesome. It's Dick Donner and all the kids. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's everybody. <laughs> and. And this was made. They're like maybe in their early mid twenties when this, then the DVD came out, and, and and they said that was their favorite part, but they only got to do it once, and the kids were upset. And Donner, Dick Donner said, "Like, uh, you know, you guys, when you had the, you know, because it was kids' time, you guys had to leave. All the adults, we went on that thing all night long. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all like you knew, said, no way, that's so uncool." <laughs> I, wheeled in a I few forgot coolers. whether or not he said he was joking or not, but oh, whatever, yeah. the reaction was awesome. Uh, wheeled in a few coolers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. That's a good comeback if, that, if that's not true. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's my number four. Alex. My number four is just the whole beginning sequence, the escape the breakout of uh, is it is it Francis? I always forget Agent Johnson's name. Robert Dobby. Yeah. Oh yeah, Robert Dobby, but his character's name. <laughs> uh, what's, what's Joey Pants' name? It's Joey Pants well, is Fran- anyways. Jo- Joey Pants is Francis. Robert Dobby is Jake. Jake. Okay. Just from the get go, you see, it's like, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't be showing this to my kids because my boys have already seen. But the first time I forgot that it started with him like being hung in the cell. <laughs> the guard just goes, "Do you oh, think really think I'd be stupid enough to kill myself?" <laughs> and he looks up and he's smiling and just get, gets hit with a pipe. And then Francis <laughs> forgot about that beginning. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Francis is pouring gasoline all over the place, and Mama Fratelli is like, "Come on, let's go!" And she's got the what Chunk calls the cool RV, and it's just like a Jeep, Land Rover, blah blah this and that. Then he fired the whole thing goes to blaze as soon as Jake comes out, and they had his awesome car chase where you get introduced to all the characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, then at the very end, he's like, "Oh, trust your mommy." And I th- uh, and I, th- I thought this was the coolest thing ever where they blend into the race that's just barely starting. Genius. Yeah. Then they get to the train, and she gets thrown from it. Yeah. <laughs> Devito. Yeah. It trunk. 
spills his soda all over himself or milkshake. <laughs> yeah. Ah, shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for some reason, Martha Plimpton's character has where she's searching for crabs. But she's dunking for crabs. I don't know what the hell she was doing there. I was always confused. Do you guys know what she was doing? I think maybe she was just refreshing herself after a long day's work. I don't know. Got <laughs> herself a horse bath and like crab, crab water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, number four. God, that's an image. Uh, <laughs> uh, number four is Chunk and Slop. I think we've pretty well covered this, but uh, really, so there's basically what kind of the three concurrent stories going on. Um, you have the Fratellis, which mixes with Sloth and Chunk, and then the kids, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, just um, their kind of shenanigans they get up to. Uh, and how he wins Sloth over, and uh, the <laughs> the one of the all time lines, the "Hey you guys," uh, oh, that, that line is my number two. <laughs> yeah. So um, all all I can bind. Uh, it's a it's a great duo. It's kind of like a, <laughs> it's almost like a poor man like Han and Chewie. <laughs> only <laughs> yeah. Only as a kid, you've got you got like this giant Chewbacca guy running around. But, uh, yeah, Sloth and Chunk. Very nice. All right. Um, my number three, and this is probably, as I've gotten older, the funniest line in the movie, and maybe of any movie of all time, is when Chunk escapes. And he runs down to the first car you can find. <laughs> oh. Damn it. <laughs> I've run into, these, run into these really disgusting people, the Fratellis. You might have heard of them. Well, blah, blah, blah. I can describe all three of them. <laughs> Turn on the light. It's the Fratellis. Yeah, it's <laughs> Jake singing. And they come from behind. Ah, 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 and he's right back where he started from. But just mm-hmm. that, that line at the very end. I can describe all three of them. <laughs> uh, chunk. He's the best. Uh-huh. All right. Alex, number two, number three. My number three is the whole underwater fountain scene in Troy's bucket. All right. That's when Mikey gives his his speech, and so does uh, what's his face? Who? Mouth. This is his dream, his wish, his dream. It didn't come true. And uh, then Troy's like, "Hey, what are you doing down there from up top?" Because I guess it connects to a wishing well. And they lowered a bucket, and they were gonna pull them up one by one. And then Mikey says, "You know." Don't do that. This is an adventure. This is our time down here. And, uh, oh, and is it Danny or Annie? Andy. 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 Oh, Andy. <laughs> A cross between both of those. She has, uh, uh, the, what, like a knit jacket? Just they don't, they don't, right? yeah, they don't do those anymore, right? Because our Letterman jackets in high school weren't like that. Yeah, but that's basically what it was supposed to be. Okay. She had Troy's, the 80s jock douchebag bully of the movie uh, Letterman jacket and all he pulls up all the time laughing and not realizing that he doesn't have a pu- he's not pulling up a human person in a bucket yeah. <laughs> and he's surprised to find that it's only his Letterman jacket on a on a Troy's bucket because Mikey Mikey's like all oh, your dreams would go up there or you can go up in Troy's bucket that line always stuck with me it's our time down here. 
Yeah. And then Troy delivers his his one Oscar winning moment. Andy, you goonie. Yeah. Okay, so what's a better speech? Uh Mikey that one or Samwise uh toward the end of Two Towers, I believe. So Two Towers? God, probably uh, or I guess any of his speeches in Lord of the Rings. I'd say I think... Mikey's because the the one at the end of Two Towers is a little overwrought. <laughs> yes, Just a little bit. <laughs> no way. You get all the like the montage of things happening as he's talking and yeah. So yeah, Mikey's speech is a little more simple. Then he says <laughs> Or you can go up there in Sauron's bucket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, number three. All right, uh, Alex touched upon this already, but all of Data's gadgets—the the slick shoes, the the teeth—I don't even know what the hell to like describe it really, but the <laughs> the teeth on the extension scissor things. Oh, yeah, I forgot those. <laughs> yeah, they're nuts again. Um, the the camera. Um, like, it's all super cool. Like uh, we we talked a little bit about this on uh, the Stranger Things podcast. Like the couple of things that really resonated with me as, oh yeah, I totally would have done something like that as a kid. Um, to to be able to have all those gadgets would have been super sweet as a kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also this this helped screw up a whole generation's ability to say the word data correctly. Between this and Deep Space, or not Deep Space, to Next Generation, Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, everybody just says data instead of data. Just tossing it out. Well, there. I say data, data when it comes to characters, and data when I want information okay. or input. Okay, that's my number three. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> data's <laughs> All gadgets. Right. All right, go go go! Data's gadgets. Um, my number two is Chunk, character of Chunk. Well, damn it, number one. Really? Yeah. Heart and soul. Oh, my number one is kind of. Well, we'll talk about it. Uh, number two, though, Chunk. Uh, everything we've already mentioned about him in Sloth, but just he always makes me laugh. He's he's the one that does the swearing. He's the, but he's also the butt of their jokes with the truffle shuffle, uh, the you know, mouth teasing him about pictures of his mom being real cheap and just so he run at him and move out of the way and knock the door down and <laughs> knocking Thanks, the, yeah, knocking the. Water bottle down. Hope it wasn't a deposit bottle. <laughs> they got Rocky Road, chocolate eruption. It's a stiff. Just everything out of his mouth. And then I think his best moment is when they ask him, the Fratellis have him, they say, tell us everything. Everything. And he goes on just every everything he's ever done wrong in his life. Talking about stealing his uncle's toupee and... Ward has a beard in his in his what in his bar mitzvah or <laughs> his Hebrew play or something. yeah his Hebrew play <laughs> and puking in the movie theater and making everyone else puke and I made it sound like this <laughs> so and I already mentioned his the line with the Fratellis and his wardrobe <laughs> can't go wrong with his wardrobe awesome his plaid pants. Yeah, so there you go, Chunk, my number two. Out. Just to add, just because okay. it's my number one, real quick on Chunk. At the very end, he actually uh, adopts Sloth. 
They're going to be together forever. He knows that he needs to take care of them, so he's got a big enough heart to do it. And I bet his family does, too. His family's awesome. They brought him a whole pizza. Yeah. <laughs> they found out he was all right. <laughs> That's they amazing. Did. If I'm ever, you know, in a hospital or something, and then I come home, Leah, my wife, better have a full pizza for me. <laughs> Just like the chunks. And you know, I want to think that was the first time I've ever heard of Domino's Pizza. Because hmm. I don't know oh, if it really? was out here yet, or just my parents didn't get it. I, I just, just we're like Domino's. I've never heard of Domino's. Yes, yeah, oh, I uh, Yeah, as a kid, I only remember. Yeah, yeah, I guess the Domino's was around. Noid was around. It was always about Pizza Hut, though. Yeah, we were like Straw Hat and Round Table. Straw Hat, but oh, easy. <laughs> um, lamppost. Yeah, and lamppost for like baseball games and stuff. Um, remember the. When Chunk is calls the deputy or whatever, and he's telling him all the story. Yeah, just like the time, blah blah blah. Or no, maybe it's a different one. But he said the time he ate your weight at Godfather's Pizza. That line? <laughs> I remember that. Remember there was a Godfather Pizza across the street from Disneyland way back in the day. Yeah, I never went, but I always drove by. And I'm like, that's the place where Chunk ate his weight. <laughs> his weight in pizza. Yeah, this is old school. This is before DCA. This is. Just Disneyland and the Disneyland Hotel and a Godfather mm-hmm. Pizza. That's yeah. <laughs> all that was there. So, all right. Uh, all right. My number two, yeah, is the "Hey you guys" moment <laughs> where the where the tide turns. Dun, 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 dun. That's Captain Chunk. <laughs> he comes, he sloth like stabs the knife, and as you see him coming down, there's this little doll that's supposed to be Chunk hanging from his neck. It's <laughs> awesome. Really? I've never noticed that. Don't yeah. ruin the illusion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that was amazing. And, hey. uh, yeah, the whole fight ensues and all the Fratellis. Everybody gets into the water. And then... And then a giant uh, octopus shows up. and Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> giant octopus that got cut from the movie. God, that should have been our crossover topic. <laughs> Scenes that never happened. Or do we already do that? Uh, I've done, got, I've done the, outtakes or some about outtakes. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Do, but yeah, I, I obviously didn't get it as a kid that Dick Donner was responsible for this and Superman. Yeah. So to have Sloth wear the T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we're in deep shit now, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And the the scene with him sliding down the knife earlier in the movie, Sloth's actually watching a pirate movie where the guy does that. It's Errol movie. Flynn. Yeah. So, but it's a pirate movie, right? And yeah. then, uh, the other thing I said, that line, hey, you guys, that's like one of the few quotes my mom knows. And she would always yell that to us, like when we were outside and she wanted <laughs> us to come in or something. <laughs> hey, you guys. So. Awesome. Because of that, I got her to watch Stranger Things. She's actually watching it. And I'm like, it's like Goonies. Hey, you guys. She's like, okay. <laughs> Tough sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, number three, or number two. Okay, my number two is the just the whole treasure hunt. Uh, no, figure out all the clues, and then... Uh, just a copper pot. Yeah, I, I like, looked at the, the little coin, all the way down to um, having to play that harpsichord, whatever the piano-type thing. Yeah, made out of mm-hmm. bones. Yeah, um, and, you know, navigating all the booby traps and everything, yeah. Like that. That's that's cool. Yeah, as a, as a kid, um, 
like growing up, there really wasn't anything like that, like comparable like that. You know, things like Treasure Island were not really introduced to us, uh, at least me. So to, to actually have a thing with pirates and treasure, this was like really the first thing. That... Well, I saw. I remember watching Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, but uh, I didn't like it as much as Goonies, of course, because Goonies had kids and they were doing all the treasure hunting. Yeah, well, fifty thousand leagues under the sea is like that's completely different. Yeah, that's the one. Like you're talking about like the old, the old you're talking about the old Disney. Like, yeah, uh, with uh, Kirk, uh, Douglas. Kirk Douglas. Yeah, that one's pretty cool actually. But uh, you know, that, that's like a whole different. That's like a sci-fi kind of adventure type deal. Right, but yeah. still, it's in the ocean. Yeah, pirates. Well, they're not. Eh. I guess they're kind of like pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, there really was nothing comparable to this as a kid for me. So what about like, so I did read uh, Treasure Island as a kid. It was one of the first books I ever had. My aunt bought it for me, and I remember reading it. I liked it. And then of course, Pirates of the Caribbean from Disneyland. But the um, like the Pippi Longstocking movies. Did you ever watch that? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I have that song. <laughs> I have that song pi- stuck in my head. I can sing it right now for you guys if you want me to. <laughs> Please don't. I don't even know what it is. Pippi but Longstocking is coming. Sorry. <laughs> But I remember that at least in some of the vet movies there were pirates involved and stuff, weren't there? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I saw stuff with pirates, but like <laughs> the idea of X marks the spot, sure. putting clues together to find treasure. As a nerdy kid, like the whole figuring out puzzles, uh, but with real life, like kind of <laughs> what we call AR now. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, a uh, little little side tangent here. Um, have either of you ever done an escape room? No. Do you know what I'm talking about, no. though? Yeah, I'd like to. I know what you're talking about, yeah. We should have went to your birthday a couple years ago. Yeah, that's right. I, well, we fa- <laughs> well, we failed, so don't feel too bad. I'm five I'm five for six. The only time we failed was Jesus. celebrating the day of my birth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for anybody that, that doesn't know about these things, they're, they're all over the place here now in, in the L.A., Orange County area. Um, but they're basically usually in business parks and kind of industrial areas and you go in and they, you basically like sign, I don't even sign a waiver exactly, but you, you sign some stuff and then you go in and they basically lock you in this room for an hour and inside the room is just a series of puzzles you have to figure out in order to get out of the room. Like basically like one thing will lead to like a key to a lock, which will need another key to another lock um, until you've basically solved like whatever the, the puzzle or the theme is whatever room uh, they're a lot of fun um, if anybody uh, is in a kind of metropolitan area i imagine that they're they're around you know they call it escape rooms um, mm-hmm. it's kind of reliving goonies irl <laughs> yeah and if you live in a rural town they probably just happen naturally in your environment so go enjoy one of those <laughs> yeah just go walk in the woods for <laughs> <laughs> yeah for, for for a whole day and then try to find your way out again i guess yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll, I'll talk more about these another time, maybe next Halloween, because I've I've done a few horror themed ones. What at a brothel? Uh, no, <laughs> no, horror, not whore. Oh. All right. Uh, my number one is just the group of kids in general, just the gang as I have here. Um, just love their adventures, and this goes through the whole treasure map of going up into the Mikey's attic and finding out all the stuff that his dad has. Like, don't you wish you had an attic or a basement like that with all that cool stuff? And then 
As a kid, for sure. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, and now I, just... I, 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 yeah, I have too much stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, crap. Um, I hope yeah. our recordings keep working because Pamela just crashed. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, the kids, just all of them, the collection, I think they all work really well together with Mouth and Chunk and Dada and... Uh, <laughs> Mikey and then Bran and Andy and what's Martha so and so what's her face yeah uh, uh, Steph her name's Steph Steph yeah yeah that's the one you know you look so you don't look so bad when your face is screwing it up so yeah. anyway I I just loved the adventure of, of the kids and just you know wanting to uh, do one of those as my as kid myself we didn't really have that we didn't have escape rooms we just built forts in each other's backyards which yeah. is still pretty fun but uh that that is my number one alex chunk Scott. that's it <laughs> <Number> one. <laughs> all right uh, number one is actually finding the treasure like them getting actually to the ship and start collecting it all and like oh it's so cool like the fact that they actually get to it and they start collecting it all, um, and it all looks awesome, like the giant gems and coins and stuff. Uh, it's like that giant treasure pile in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite gags it leads to one of my favorite gags in the movie too, where <laughs> mouth keeps spitting out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. She keeps just pulling out oh, the yeah, pearl we, necklace. Yeah, we used to we used to quote that all the time. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, just the actual treasure itself, kind of the the, the payoff for everything, and uh, yeah, it was it was definitely worth it. All right. Well, speak of, no one mentioned Mama Fratelli, so let's give her some love here. Yeah. Honorable mention. And Ramsey. Yeah. Great villain. Great villain. <laughs> she was. And just that, oh, my God. And I think the line that we all still say is like, stay to the right, whenever you tell someone to go right. And, um, she was just, yeah, she was bad. Bad lady. Mm-hmm. Kids suck. Yeah. <laughs> so this really was great casting. Like you mentioned, Jeff, with the kids and the Fratellis. Right. Even though even the parents, yeah, the that one mom, the mom who's in everything, yeah, <laughs> the Donner, the Donnerette, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Marianne Trainer, um, news newscaster in uh, Die Hard, yeah, the Mary Mary Ellen Trainer, psychiatrist, sorry. yeah, the weapon, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just the, well, with the villains and that scene with her, they go in and eat there, and she pours them water. You call this water? It's wet, ain't it? Drink it. <laughs> All right, uh, that wraps it up. Let's let's rate it. Um, just remind everybody, our scale is one through seven. Seven being the greatest perfect movie ever. One being the worst piece of crap ever. Four being right down the middle. Um, so, seven. Easy for me. Uh, by far, my, besides Star Wars, one of my favorite movies watching as a kid. I still like it. Um, easy number seven for me. Alex? Yep, agreed. Seven for me as well. Just all the... It takes me back to when I was a kid every single time. And not only that, even as an adult, I can appreciate, like, uh, growing up, understanding more about the world and all the, you know, 
dirty dick jokes and everything, I got to understand more and more of the movie as I grew up. So exactly seven. Nice. All right, Scott. All right, uh, this gets a number six for me. Boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How does it feel to be a communist? <laughs> <laughs> You know, some go back to Massachusetts. You know, it, feels, it feels pretty good to to hate America. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and freedom. Uh, it, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie as a kid. Um, still enjoy it. Uh, it just never quite grabbed me as much as I think it did you guys. Uh, but yeah, six is like up there. Yeah, it's so yeah. Yeah, because yeah, growing up, you were part of like Troy's clique. I bet. You're like, why isn't Troy? Why didn't he win? Why didn't they build that golf resort? Well, I was a social dynamo. <laughs> yeah, social dynamo. <laughs> no, he's from Running Man. Oh. <laughs> um, no, it's it's amazing. I would bet anyone from our generation, or even whatever, anyone who's seen this would no no lower than a six. I would have to believe, and I think it's one of those movies when you. Can we all watch it as a kid's growing up? But then it kind of, you grow up and you don't really watch kids' movies anymore. But then later on you talk to people and everyone liked it and you didn't realize, because it was before the internet and stuff, you weren't really communicating, but you talk with people later on and then internet shows up and just the love for it. And, yeah. You know, you talk to the, you hear the interviews with the actors and they said they can't believe it. They're still, they'll be on stage in Broadway or something and somebody will yell out, Goonies! Like, <laughs> like what the hell? Man, so, I, I work with a bunch of kids. Not Not like kid kids, but like, people in their 20s yeah early uh-huh. 20s. and i just they're like dead to me <laughs> <laughs> i'll bring up some of my goonies and then just blank stares I'm like uh, oh, old, old man uh, scott yeah that's poor parenting <laughs> yeah you gotta make your kids watch this what's you know it's it's like i've always said what's the point of having kids if you can't indoctrinate them yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, at least let them watch it. You don't have to just make them sit down and watch it every day, like I'm sure Alex does with yeah, Star just, Wars just, and the boys. Just put it on. You don't have to. They don't have to watch it. <laughs> well, not they, they not can't anymore. They've the already channel. memorized it. <laughs> it's like me. Yeah, the whole clockwork, clockwork orange <laughs> yeah. thing going on with the boys and Star eyes, Wars. <laughs> eyes taped open with scotch tape. <laughs> and if they happen to ask if they want to see the one with Jar Jar Binks <laughs> into the hole, they go. Oh. That's right. All right, so we're going to do our crossover topic, and it's uh, on favorite Rube Goldberg machines in movies, media, TV, etc. So we have do our five here, and um, my number five is not from a movie. Not it's anyway, it's from a video game, not a video game, a board game, Mousetrap. That's a good because this is the first time I ever. I didn't know it was called the Rube Goldberg machine at the time, yeah, but it was my first yeah, yeah. experience with something like this. Mm-hmm. And um, so, for, since we have young kids listening, uh, it's, which they probably still make this, I'm assuming. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what the game yeah. was supposed to do. We never actually yeah, played the game. Just... Did, did anybody actually play it or they just fuck around with the, with the, with the machine? Yeah. There's a board game and blah, 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 but there's this machine, this contraption <laughs> yeah. where you... You hit something and then all the, it turns into a Rube Goldberg machine, and uh, it was so awesome. And I don't think we ever got it to go all in one. <laughs> I think we had yeah. like a one we got from a yard sale, and it was probably missing pieces, or <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. um, Mouse traps, my number five. Alex, 
My number five is some years ago they had this commercial that was pretty cool, and it was a car commercial. I forget brand, but the Rube Goldberg machine was just made out of pieces from that car, and the marble kept like activating like windshield wipers and other stuff that would, you know, move all the way until it got to another the car that they were actually selling the sold car. Mm. I thought that was pretty neat. Okay. You guys remember that one? Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I do. It was cool. Look at it. <laughs> all right. Scott, number five. Uh, number five is cheating a little bit uh, because there's no actual machines involved, but the way people die horribly in the Final Destination movies is, tip- is, yeah, it's cheating. is typically... Uh, yeah, that's if, if, if life was a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, it's typically machine. this chain of, of like things that would normally connect to... It's like the butterfly effect. I try to yeah, avoid yeah. that, but... This okay. was a tough list for me, man. It was. It was really tough. That's why I have a board game on. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number five. So which one? Which one stands out to you the most in the final? I haven't seen all of them. I've only seen a couple uh, of these movies. There was one where, like, uh, I think a guy was like working out and the stereo going, and the bass in the stereo like knocked a screw loose, and like knocked the thing out of his. Like the, the the thing was holding the weights. The barbells. Yeah, and I think he got crushed by that. It could be, or maybe the screw fell. I forget. I forget. Very memorable. Yeah, <laughs> the screw fell into his mouth while he was taking a breath, and it choked him. Yeah. Ah, nobody saw that coming. No, he saw the screw on the ground and realized he had to make home repairs. And then he <laughs> took out a he took out a mortgage at the subprime rate on his house, and then the <laughs> the housing market collapsed, and he killed himself. <laughs> death. It was pretty dark. Death was, yeah, pretty Machiavellian moves that death <laughs> makes. Mine, I think I mentioned before, is the one where like they're driving on the freeway behind a truck with a bunch of logs, yeah, and yeah. the water bottle goes under the brake, and all that stuff happens. Um, Alex, do you have one or no? Uh, not really. Oh, I don't think. I've okay, seen I, th- one I, th- I thought of one. Okay. <laughs> they they all they all crash. Um, through this like barbed wire fence, and everybody manages to survive, but the girl in the driver's seat gets pinned. Um, she's okay, but she can't move. Um, but behind her is like a, a like a tree branch or something that gets pushed through the, through the car, and it's like sticking out of the seat. So the the fireman comes in with like the jaws of life and he, like jams it into the car, and the airbag goes off and slams her head back into this like jagged piece of oh, wood damn. and it just goes right <laughs> through her head oh that's gnarly yeah it was thanks firefighters yeah <laughs> alright um, my number four and the it's a great movie it's not the best Rube Goldberg machine but the beginning of Back to the Future yeah, that's my number four. Oh, that's my number two <laughs> alright so uh, just yeah, the beginning, it, you're showing all the clocks and Doc Brown's, well, you can kind of see how eccentric he is, and he has this whole elaborate thing to basically pour a can of dog food for the dog. I think it's, a, it's like a, a great like little character show where yeah. he's way too busy to to feed the dog, and yet somehow he had enough time to come up with this elaborate Rube Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the kind of the way he sees the world, or problem solving anyways. Yep. 
and then the fact it kind of sets up that oh, they haven't been there in a while because the dog, you know, it's overflowing. The dog's obviously not eating his food. And so. Yeah. That's my number four. Uh, Alex, number three. Number four. My number four is uh, the band OK Go does these very elaborate oh, yeah. music Damn videos. It. And they did one with a Rube Goldberg machine last year for a song called This Too Shall Pass. Was it last year? I just watched it, watched it to uh, remind myself. And uh, yeah, it was it was very neat, very well orchestrated, and the guys right from the very beginning already had a bunch of like different colored paints on themselves and on their chest from all the test runs, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, it's very entertaining. All of their videos are. This one's really cool. So go ahead. So it's on my list further down. I yeah. a little bit more to say about it, but yeah. All right, uh, your number four was Back to the Future as well. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, my number three, um, I don't usually like to do this because whatever, but since it's so hard, I had to put Goonies on here. Um, there's... Now, which one? Yeah, I was going to say, I can't yeah. I can't choose, so I shall not choose. But... <laughs> ah, I'll do the <laughs> beginning one. Why not? That one is something I could actually do somehow if I want <laughs> I think I tried once, didn't even come close, like the two things doing each other. But the front lawn one with Chunk and the Truffle Shuffle would have to be, I guess, better than the actual. To open the gate. Yeah. yeah. We, we almost got philosophical there. And Jeff was going to make the choice of no choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one would you guys choose? I don't know. That one, because, I mean, the other one has one eyed Willie Ship coming out of the game. <laughs> yeah. cool. The finale for that one's a little more impressive. <laughs> yeah, but there's a couple. There's also the one with um, when the floor drops, right? When he when he sticks the skull into the uh, the the triple stones and double bones or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then a, you see the rocks rolling and stuff. Yeah, and they cut a rope. So there, there's a few. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Anyway, uh, Alex, number three. My number three is from a cartoon, Tom and Jerry, which is called The Better Mousetrap, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> and Tom is working all night on this thing, and you see the blueprints and everything. And in this one, Jerry uh, sees it while Tom is asleep. Uh, he sees the blueprint, and then he has, like, I think his little blueprint doppelganger drawing of stick figure or mouse comes alive, and he, he's like, you know, cartoon telling Jerry oh, look at this, this, and that, and all this shit's going to happen. So Jerry, like, modifies it just a tiny bit, and then you see Tom building this whole thing, and the elaborate things start setting off as soon as Jerry comes out of his hold to take the piece of cheese. <laughs> and then right at the very end, when the knife is cutting a rope to a big safe, of course, that's going to drop on him, <laughs> Jerry has all the time in the world to move, but he doesn't. And Tom quickly just puts... <laughs> uh, uh, which, a blindfold and a cigarette in his mouth because he's going to bite it. And then, predictably enough, of course, the safe just falls right on Tom. And Jerry uh, wins the cheese. Jerry's a sadistic little sumbitch. Hey, Tom was the one that came up with a damn... Well, he's crap. doing this what he's supposed to be doing. He's a cat. <laughs> Cats and men's room gold for machines. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the drop safes on mice. I mean, Cats are jerks, but they're not, like, that bad. Yeah, they are. They're dicks. <laughs> but, yeah, I've always loved that cartoon. Or when, whenever they just have Rube Goldberg machines and cartoons in general, they're ridiculous. 
Yeah, I actually searched because I had a hard time in this. So I was like, all right, Rube Goldberg Mission is cartoons, and I didn't find any, but I just really? didn't search hard enough. Hmm. My attention span's pretty bad. All right. <laughs> uh, Scott, number three. All right, number three is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, Chitty yeah. Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I watched this a lot as a kid. Um, and uh, Dick Van Dyke's character um, is kind of a pseudo-inventor. And there's a there's a few rubes he comes up with in the movie, um, but the breakfast one's the coolest, where there's got this whole rig that that basically will crack an egg open. Um, it'll it'll like throw stuff on a frying pan, and it ends with like china on rollers, and it comes down the chute. Um, but they have to under the table, and everybody has to like stop the the plate. But <laughs> it's super cool. Here's this other one, um, which isn't as cool, but it's worth mentioning where. It's supposed to give like automatic haircuts, um, and it winds up giving somebody like a like a shemp haircut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, as he's like, it's powered by him on a bicycle. Uh, but yeah, the, the breakfast one from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is pretty cool. All right, let me ask you this: It's been I used to watch this too, but I it's been so long. Is is that the same thing as the Nutty Professor and Flubber, or those? Different things. Absolutely. No, those are both, both wildly different, different things. First of all, the first one was like black and <laughs> yeah. white, right? Yeah, oh, we're talking about the nut, okay, so Nutty Professor was Jerry Lewis, right? Initially. Glyhaven. Good Glyhaven. Yes. And Dick yes. Van Dyke's one of them, right? I'm Paul no, confused. No, no, no. Dick Van Dyke's this and Mary Poppins. <laughs> yes. And the all Dick right. Van Dyke show. And then, no, the Flubber was. Um, the guy from My Three Sons, uh, what's his name? He did a bunch of Disney movies. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. All right, never mind then. I watched them all. I just don't remember. I know Chi Bang is about a flying car. Yeah. Other than that, I thought they put the no, no, flubber no, no, in the no, car no. and that's why it flew or something. <laughs> I think that was, that was, was that Julie Andrews in that too? I can't remember all of a sudden. But uh, Flubber had the awesome football scene. Just saying. Uh, basketball scene. I thought it was basketball. Maybe it's the sequel. Okay. <laughs> chitty Chitty Bong Bong? No, the sequel to Flubber. They made a second Flubber, Flubber. that was also in black and white. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't know. My turn, number two? Yes. All right. This is cheating, but not really. It's a TV show. It was an episode of Mythbusters yeah. where they made a Rube Goldberg machine, and they were using um, Diet Coke and Mentos because <laughs> that was all the rage back oh, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that was kind of the the trigger point, or some point in the middle of it. I don't exactly remember, but it was like an entire, like it was like a Christmas time thing too. So it was kind of Christmas themed. And I remember like the entire episode, it was just they weren't busting myths; they just were trying, doing the engineering to set up this super long uh, Rube Goldberg machine using Diet Coke and Mentos and other things. And it was fascinating just watching these engineers figure it out, and then running it and like you know oh it got this far but then it failed and adjusting and this far and failed and when it finally worked you know <laughs> J- jamie being the typical worked and then adam just going crazy <laughs> yeah so mythbusters rube goldberg machine diet coke and mentos alex number two my number two is doc brown's dog feeding machine all right anything else to add nope i all thought right. it was cool yep scott number two Okay, number two is the OK Go music video for This Too Shall Pass. Um, yeah. So as Alex mentioned, these guys do these super elaborate music videos, and they're all fucking awesome. 
Um, But yeah, so this, this Rube Goldberg that they do, it's all one continuous shot. So not only is it like difficult to set up, um, but the four of them like move around to different places in the Rube Goldberg to like, to be part of the video and part of the Rube Goldberg. Um, But the camera has to like, had to be all choreographed too. Um, So if they fucked up once, that would be it. Like they'd have to do it again. As Alex said, they probably did. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just super cool that it's all one shot. Um, yeah, if anybody uh, is interested, please check this out. It's really cool. So okay, go for this two show pass. Um, they had another really cool one with those little. Uh, shit, I don't even know what to call them. But they're like unicycles, basically. But they're like motorized. Oh yeah, those things, those motorized. Chairs. Yeah, yeah. They did another one for that for the song called "I Won't Let You Go." Um, that's also pretty amazing. And they used a, a drone uh, for that, a drone camera. Yeah, drone filming. Yeah, um, they they do really some good. pretty amazing stuff in that too. Uh, so yeah, just again, pretty amazing the stuff they they did in this. All right, um, my number one, which might be yours since no one's mentioned probably it. is. Uh, Beginning of yep. Pee Herman. Ooh, I have a different oh. one. Oh, okay. Well, Pee-wee's Big Adventure starts with the Rube Goldberg machine making him breakfast, similar to the Back to the Future one, but a little more zany and cartoony. He does the Mr. T voice. Not dog food. <laughs> hey, Pee-wee! <laughs> but uh, just, you know, making the eggs, and it like, puts it on a frying pan, and like I think it flips it and hits, <laughs> sticks to the ceiling, and it comes down later on, the toast, and all that stuff. And what I remember most about this, which I may have mentioned when we, I think we reviewed this movie. Uh, my dad rented it for himself. Like he didn't think we'd be interested in watching it, except he thought we would like the very beginning. So like the next morning, I don't know if you guys back in the day, you'd rent a movie for like one night. And so they'd have it for that night. And then the next morning you have to return it. But he goes, Oh, you guys should watch the very beginning. You might like this. And then my brother and I loved it. And they just kept watching the whole movie. He's like, oh, I got to return this thing. <laughs> but and then anyway. you had nightmares for the rest of your life. The damn uh, clown. Large Marge, the clowns, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not really. Elvira. Uh, anyway. Mr. Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Perry James. I, I do like, if I remember correctly, he does this big elaborate breakfast, but he just takes like one bite. <laughs> and then he just like yeah. dabs his mouth with this corner, or the corner of his mouth with the, with the napkin, and then, uh, <laughs> and then just goes about his day. Yeah, he has... Yeah, he has pancake, bacon, eggs, and everything, and then he puts the Mr. T cereal on top of it, and then he just takes like a one bite of the Mr. T cereal, and yeah, that's all he eats. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. All right, Alex, number one. Mine is because I knew you guys were going to pick Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I picked Pee Wee's Big Holiday, the new movie that's on Netflix, and that has a pretty uh, elaborate. Rube Goldberg machine at the beginning as well that actually goes over the top because it actually sends Pee Wee all the way to his work that's like across town. So he set up a Rube Goldberg machine to work for him all over town. At one point he actually goes, you know, kind of like Ferris Bueller through a house while he's still like in this uh, like kind of a three-wheeled, whatchamacallit, soapbox derby thing and the kids already have since everybody in the neighborhood knows peewee they already have like waffles ready for him and he just grabs them on the fly it's pretty awesome i recommend this movie 
when he goes through someone's house, someone throw a dog at him? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. uh, he wasn't chasing, uh, what's his face? <laughs> Booty. He wasn't chasing Ronald Reagan. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I, Scott, re- I recommend this one? movie. Pee-wee? Yep. All right. Anything there else to add? All right. Uh, that wraps up uh, this. Just one note about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Sorry. Uh, okay. It has Benny Hill in it. I forgot it was Benny Hill. It's the toy maker. Oh, uh, yeah. He had his finger stuck in yeah, his thumb. before I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that until right now. All right. Uh, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. No, it's time for Feedback. It's time for Alex has feedback. <laughs> yeah. Feedback? Uh, and it's a good old William Grimwood that comes through once again. Way to go, Grim. Wood. But I can't say I'm pretty happy about it with him right now because he, he can't give Goonies a rating because he hasn't seen the movie from beginning to yes! end. Yes! Oh, God. Parts. Come on, man. Get on it. This Thanksgiving, go do yourself a favor. Or force, or force a kid to watch it. We're here to help you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to do it, maybe force it on somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Anyways, he's, he's got his top five Rube Goldberg machines here. His uh, number five is the OK Go. This too shall pass music video. Right. Uh, his number four is Back to the Future 3. Oh, that's, Doc's Breakfast that's right, Breaking Machine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does he have another one in three? I so can't it's, remember. He, it's basically like... He, oh, in the old yeah, yeah. He uses like with the thing. yeah with, oh, with what it. he had available then. Yeah, damn, that's a good one. Uh, it's number three. Oh, it's a Honda car commercial. See, William knows what I'm talking about. See, car see Je- Jeff and I, Jeff machine. and I are susceptible to subliminal marketing. Yeah, I guess not. Wow. Well, you know, Rube Goldberg. Wow. Uh, number two, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And it's number one. <laughs> Man, maybe I should have picked this instead of Tom and Jerry, but a Wiley e. Coyote and Run Run Runner, Rube Goldberg machine. And uh, I saw this. I gotta admit, I saw the he he links it on YouTube on our Facebook page, and you gotta watch this because it's amazing. I do remember this episode as a kid. Uh, Wiley e. Coyote buys this whole kit from Acme, and the whole thing uh, starts to go. And Wiley e. Coyote is behind a boulder. Like at least twenty feet away from the road runner, <laughs> and when the giant cannonball starts falling, <laughs> and then he goes even further and covers his ears because, you know, just to, just in case, the the ball splatters uh, the road runner a bit too much, and then <laughs> the bowling ball just teleports and just smashes Wiley e. Coyote fifteen feet away from the target. It's amazing. All right. Yeah. Go watch it. Alright. On YouTube. Thanks, William. Go watch yes. Goonies. Yeah, do that. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Right. That is unfortunately it. Come on, guys. T- More feedback. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I sports like sports. Ball? Well, it's official. And UFC, the first cyborg fighter, <laughs> is going to go up <laughs> against... Oh, God damn it, Alex. Uh... <laughs> against Holly Holm <laughs> December 30th in Las Vegas uh, the cyborg is a uh, codename C-R-I-S or Chris for short and uh, yeah I guess they're t- they're uh, testing it out to see how it does in combat yeah they figure they figure uh, you know because they're such good fighters in the UFC that the, the robot won't be able to do too much damage if it's super effective 
the cyborg, yeah. I should say. It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that video of the guy kicking the other uh, robot dog, and then it doesn't fall down. Could be the same thing. The cyborg could mm. be unknockdownable. It's true. So keep an eye out for that. UFC 219, December 30th in Las Vegas. Not sponsored by UFC. It's time for Niam News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alex with his timely and up <laughs> and up to date and correct information in sports. But uh, anyways. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Free recording. <laughs> uh, so. Anyways. Um, Hope you guys like that fight with that cyborg. Yeah. Uh, Trailers. Um, this might be old. old good to live in. This might be old hat by the time this this episode airs. But there is a a full on trailer for Rampage. <laughs> I I remember hearing about this, and then I thought it was one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, they're doing like Tetris, te- <laughs> Tetris the movie or Monopoly the movie. They're just like, yeah, somebody bought the rights to it, but they're not actually going to do it. Nope, they actually did a Rampage movie. Um, for anybody yeah. that happens to not be familiar with, with this, this was originally an arcade game uh, where you would take control of a uh, a giant uh, like werewolf, a giant lizard creature, or a giant ape. Basically, climb buildings, and the whole object was to punch out enough damage in the buildings to make the building collapse. All the while, uh, the U.S. military or a military. Um, is shooting stuff at you from like the road below or like little dudes with like dynamite would stick stuff out the windows. And um, mm-hmm. so this was a, a game from the early eighties, mid eighties, mid eighties, pretty damn elaborate. Um, and, 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 and was it on Nintendo? Uh, at least super Nintendo. I don't know if it was yeah. on the NES. It was on one of them. I know I played okay. it. Kind of sucks. You can only do two players. Um, and then if you like, if you died or whatever, you would go back to your, your human form and you'd be all naked and you'd like cover yourself and then like crab walk off the screen. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, they don't have that. And, in the, the, movie, liz- so and like, the lizard was actually a woman. She had to cover all her bits. Ooh la la. Yeah. Uh, so now they have the, uh, a live action version of this um, with the, the rock not playing any of the monsters, just playing a guy. That's trying to help stop was, the creatures. Who's a friend of ape, George, the, the gorilla? Ape, yeah, and I think that was because they did have names in the arcade. That's right, because they were like real people. But uh, yeah, yeah, they they went ahead and made this thing. Uh, not unlike the <laughs> they went ahead and made these creatures in the lore of the game. Um, so that's coming. <laughs> I don't remember if they had a date. Oh yeah. Um, but moving on to a a much more welcome trailer. Uh, they, they released a teaser trailer for the next Deadpool movie, and oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> it's this whole Bob Ross thing. Um, I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot because I'm not going to do it justice. <laughs> Go ahead and whack this brush a little yeah. bit more. Imagine if, if Deadpool <laughs> was doing his best Bob Ross, Ross impression. Um, there's a, a, bits, a few bits and pieces from the actual movie. Um it looks like the cabbie's back, which is, I find hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see yeah. how they incorporate him in the second movie. Uh, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to this. So I was I was reading, I didn't realize this. I, I, I'd known that um, Deadpool was very successful for Fox. 
but it's basically like the highest grossing R-rated movie oh, for man. not maybe not even for Fox, but like all time, like worldwide. Yeah, yeah, that is so is. ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, I love it. I love I love the idea of that. Um, but <laughs> this character, it's just constant like dick jokes for ninety minutes. <laughs> Is mm-hmm. is is what brought the bacon home <laughs> to Fox after all these X Men movies, um, trying to to do try different things with them. Um, it's finally this kind of B list character that that did for them. Uh, although B list no longer, I'm sure. Oh hell no! Um, and thanks to thanks to that, we got Logan too. Yeah, we got one final a, a good send off for a good send off for, for the Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. And Professor X. Um, so yeah, if, if, if anybody hasn't seen it uh, and you like Deadpool, check out the teaser trailer. Uh, this is absolutely worth watching. <laughs> or if you love Bob or Ross. If you too. love Bob Ross. <laughs> so good. Um, so that's all my news. Uh, Alex, did you have anything you wanted to chime in about? Besides the cyborg? Besides the cyborg. No, I'm all good. All right, Jeff? Um, there, I guess is that thing with Battlefront 2 and all the fans on Reddit are pissed off about Oh, it's not just Reddit. And... <laughs> right, well, whatever. Social, ne- social media everywhere. And uh, so, yeah, good for that. Like, I think I mentioned in the past, I felt ripped off last year or two years ago when I paid full price for half a game. And so to pull yeah. that stuff again that they're doing, I'm glad that people are. I mean, I won't buy it just not even because of what's happening now, just because of last year. So yeah, just, I'm, just, I'm glad they're kind of getting there. Yeah, so I'm not against microtransactions um but just so i think maybe alex was was breaking this down for me where you you had to play something stupid like like 40 hours just to be able to unlock your first character no to unlock like luke or darth vader which were pretty much um available right off the bat the first time around Mm. so if you wanted to play one of those two amazing awesomely iconic characters you had to put in like yeah 40 hours for one or like it was i don't know a ridiculous amount of money to get random loot boxes to hopefully unlock them yeah and And the kicker was like right after the first dust got kicked up yeah he's like okay we're gonna lower the price on these guys from like forty thousand to like thirty thousand in-game credits but what they didn't specifically say was that at the end, when you finish the campaign, you got a certain amount of credits. But along with lowering the price for Vader and Luke, they also lowered the reward you got for finishing the campaign. <laughs> so it didn't really fucking change anything. And oh, the fans, you know, of course, found out about this right away and they were still livid. I, I think. But now, like as of uh, last night which is Friday before the game's release, or this is Friday when we're recording. And right when the game, right before it launched, EA sent out a thing that said, oh, we're temporarily disabling the all the microtransactions and DLC, so if you just put in the time right now, you can unlock stuff. Okay. So they, it's like a knee-jerk reaction, pretty much, but they should have known better. Did, did, correct me if I'm wrong, but did they come out at first and basically double down by saying, "Oh no, 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 this is like for you guys. This is we did this because this is the best way to deliver this content to you guys, or something like that." Oh hell, oh yeah, yeah. They're like, "Oh, you know, we wanted to, to give the players a big reward and for 
earning an unlockable like this. Everybody's like, no, no, no. No, plus uh, the system they had in place was pretty much pay to win for the multiplayer side. Mm. Uh, but yeah, now that the DLC is temporarily, the microtransactions yeah. are temporarily unlocked, who knows when they'll Just, come back and lock them again. Yeah. So. Don't buy the game. Yeah, Thanks. it's a fucking mess. Don't buy it. I, I have to wonder, like, how much, how much of this is EA? I mean, a lot of it's obviously EA. But like, how much of it is yeah. like the development studio? How much like the Empire? Yeah. <laughs> how much? Yeah. Star Killer Base was not cheap. It was a whole damn planet, and they keep blowing yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> they got a they got a debt to um, fill. I was gonna say how much like this kind of stuff affected Andromeda, Mass Effect Andromeda, where maybe they had to focus more on multiplayer than. Than single player? I, I don't oh, know. It's speculation. And that one, I, you know, they were pretty much forced to focus on multiplayer instead of uh, DLC. the single player campaign. Yeah. All for the sake of microtransactions. Yeah, so, yeah, I hope this actually changes the industry altogether. If not, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but hope companies see that microtransactions isn't the freaking answer for everything to, like, keep their games funded yeah. for years. Because it's I mean, not. I'll- Okay, people complaining on the internet is not going to change anything. People not buying the game will. So yes, I hope correct. all you nerds that are complaining about it actually just don't buy the game. And yeah. that that will affect them more than any whining and bitching and upvotes, downvotes on any post you make on the internet. Just don't fucking buy the game and they'll learn really quick not to try to, to do this shit. Because it's bad enough. I mean, last year it was 60 bucks for the game, but there wasn't even, there was no single player. And then if you actually wanted the levels, you had to pay another $40 for the pass. And yeah. Yeah. Like I hate microtransactions. I'll allow it. Like if it's for skin type stuff, like they do in, um, overwatch or yeah. even in destiny where you can get a different color or shader and that kind of shit, like fine. But so this, let me unlock Luke easy. But if I want to wear the, Hoth outfit versus the other outfit. Sure, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, that's yep. our news. That's our news. <laughs> that's true. All right. All right. Uh, Not for me. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.